this message actually is some notes that I have from one of Pastor Dave's messages. Pastor Dave, back in 2008, wrote several um, teaching manuals. And so this one comes out of developing an ear to hear what God is saying. So it's pretty powerful. And I just want to share it with you tonight. Because how many of you know the devil doesn't want you to hear from God? Oh, my goodness. There's a big, there's a big lie out there. Say, say the devil's a liar. And there's no truth in him. No. So the truth is, is that we can develop an ear to hear what God is saying. And we can develop that ear to hear in every single stage of our walk in the Lord. Sometimes it gets hard to hear God when our heart gets involved. So when we're looking for a particular word from God and our heart's all messed up and all involved in it, sometimes it can be really difficult. But God can still speak to you. Amen. So what you just need to do in that circumstance is pull yourself away where you're alone with God, you know, and allow God to minister to you and he'll speak to you. I just want to share something with you um, from a textbook that I'm currently studying from. And the name of the textbook is called um, Everyday Ministry, Applying the Christian Faith. And it's written by a man named Early. um, And this is chapter 18. And I just want to read to you. I want to give him the credit for that. But I just think this is, this will kind of flow in, I believe, with what um, our message is tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word. And Father, I thank you, God, that we are in every stage of our life, God, we're growing and we're learning and we're maturing in the things of God. And I thank you, God, that each one of us in this room can hear when you're speaking. And so, Father, I pray, God, that each one of us would take away from this message, Lord, exactly what you want us to take away, exactly what you want for us individually to hear in Jesus' name. So I want to share with you about something about truth. Say with me, Jesus Christ is the truth. And I just want to share, I'm going to read you just a, a paragraph here. Um, and he, my, the professor goes on to say, he says, um, the enemy is cunning. And he disguises himself as an angel of light in order to deceive us. And we know that, right? That's in 2 Corinthians uh, 11, verse 14. He disguises falsehood in truth. His schemes have infiltrated our colleges, our universities, our churches, our academia, our media. So these lies have infiltrated there. We as ministers need to be able to recognize the attack on biblical truth. How many know there's a big attack right now on biblical truth? One of the enemy's current strategies involves replacing absolute truth with relative truth. Relative truth is something that is true to some people and not to others. Proponents of this position claim that something can be true today, but it may not have been true in the past, and it may not be true in the future. To some, truth is always subject to change and is based upon an individual's perspective. How many see that going on right now? Um, He goes on to say it's problematic to believe in relative truth because you're going to rely on your heart and your human reasoning, your fallen limited wisdom, and relying on an unreliable source. The heart is more deceitful than anything else, desperately wicked. Who can understand it? We find that in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. But in addition to the concept of declaring that all truth is relative, it's logically and fatally flawed. This statement makes absolute claim 
about all truth as being relative. Relative truth is actually not truth at all. It is simply a subtle tool of the enemy to promote self and dethrone God's people in their lives. And we see this happening. So in other words, what's true now must be true because it's been happening for five years. So it must be true. So this change is happening over here at the Presbyterian Church, so that must be true because it's happening now. That's relative truth. That's truth that's based upon your own human reasoning and the current culture that we live in. So if the culture says it's true now, this is the law of the land, then it's true, right? So that's what they say, but absolute truth is where I'm going tonight. So absolute truth is something that is true at all times and at all places. Supporters of this correct position rightly claim that truth is true whether we believe it or not. And we know there's a lot of truth out there that many people have a hard time believing. Like an ungodly person has a hard time believing that Jesus Christ heals and delivers today. So they would say that's not truth because they don't believe that it's true. But we know that it's true because it's absolute truth. In addition, truth is believed not to have been invented by a culture. It's not been invented by religious men, but it's been provided by the creator of the world, and his name is God. His name is Jesus Christ. So that's the truth. So the enemy's been coming in with this huge lie that it must be true now because this is the law of the land, and now we've got to follow this truth. But God's word is absolute truth because it says in John 14, 6, it says that I am the truth, and no one can come to the Father except he come through me. That's the truth. And so the Bible says that in the beginning was the word of God and the word of God was with God and the word of God was God, right? So that's the absolute truth. So relatively speaking, someone could come and say, well, God is not God. And so we have a, a Catholic church in Germany. I think it's a Catholic church in Germany that now one of the bishops there is if they want to remove our father from the doctrine, but he's always going to be our father. That's the truth. Relative truth says, well, things are changing. Things aren't happening, and, and this is different now, so now this must be the truth. And that's the subtle lie of the enemy trying to il infiltrate the church today. And we can see it happening all across the nation and all across the world. But what I want to say tonight is that we have the power and understanding to hear God when he speaks. That's absolute truth. So absolute truth is each one of us can hear God. Each one of us can walk and talk with him, fellowship with him, meditate on his word with him, commune with him, come into the Holy of Holies with him. That's absolute truth. So developing an ear to hear, you might say, well, I already hear from God, Sister Kimberly, and you might already hear from God. And that's wonderful. But we're growing day by day. Day by day, we're growing and we're maturing in the things of God. So how I heard yesterday might not be how I hear today. I might hear differently today. And Pastor brings up a great analogy at the end of the lesson. I'm not going to tell you that now, but he brings up a wonderful analogy about hearing God. So it's important today that we hear God and that we understand what truth is. And truth came in the form of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is the truth. He is the way. And we can hear him when he speaks to us, right? John 10, 27 states that my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they will follow me, right? So we know Jesus. We know his voice and we'll follow him. And Jesus says that. They know me and they'll follow me. So we hear his voice for learning and we hear to obey, so that we would do all the things that God commands us. And it says, this is a parable in Luke 8, 15, about the seed. 
Do we have that? Thanks. It says, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with much patience. So um, the ones that know God's word, when it falls on, the seed falls onto good ground, we become noble and good of heart and we bear the fruit with patience. So we can hear the word of God when God speaks to you and me. Say with me, I can hear when God speaks. You know, the biggest thing that I find in the prophetic ministry is people will come and they'll say, I can't hear. I can't hear God speak. And then I'll listen to them in a conversation verse and they say, you know, the Lord said to me the other day. <laughs> I'll have to say, wait a second. What did you just say? And uh, Say that again. And then, well, the Lord spoke to me. Well, I thought you just told me you didn't hear from God. So sometimes when God speaks, we're unaware that he's speaking. So he's speaking to us so much that, you know, we're in the middle of a conversation. We're thinking, Lisa, that we can't hear from God. But, oh, by the way, he spoke to me yesterday. This is what I thought yesterday, and it was God. So God is always speaking to you and me. Amen? All the time. He never sleeps. He's always awake. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so number one, we must draw, here's your first fill-in, so we must draw near to hear. So we must draw near to God if we want to hear God. Okay, Isaiah 55, verse 3, and we're talking about developing a hearing ear to hear what God is saying. So incline your ear and come to me, hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. So incline your ear and hear. And I love the story in 1 Samuel. I don't know if I put the whole story in there, did I? I just put a couple verses in there, right? Um, but okay, so I'll just, I'll paraphrase the story. But therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be. If he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. But in this story, I know you guys know it. Um, the Lord had spoke to Samuel three times. And every time the Lord spoke to Samuel, he ran to Eli. And he would go to Eli and he'd say, Did, you called me, here I am. And no, I didn't call you. He'd go back and lay down. And the second time, the Lord would speak to him and he'd go run back to Eli. And Eli would say, no, I didn't hear you. He'd go back. And so the third time, Eli said, go and lie down. Lie down because the Lord is going to speak to you. And so that's when the Lord, so Samuel, then at that point, he gave ear to hear. He drew near to God, and he began to listen to what God was saying. And sometimes God will talk to us two or three times before we listen. How has ever had that happen? Oh, and then you just make it, right? Finally, he finally gets through the thick skull. He gets through the stinking thinking, and then all of a sudden you listen, and you, and you realize, oh, wait a minute. So I was sharing with Pastor Lorraine. One of my uh, dear friends just went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And um, she was 60 years old, but 15 years ago, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And um, she, she was, woke up one morning, didn't know she had it. She fell out of her bed and um, couldn't walk. They took her to the emergency room to find out that it had gone into her bones and been in different places. So I didn't know anything about that with her, but I had this impression and it's like 15, maybe 16 years ago. And I had this impression that I needed to, to write to her. And I thought to myself, Lord, I haven't talked to her in like 20 years. You know, I'm going to write to her. How would I even go about doing that? I don't even know her address. But then I had the impression, oh, maybe she's on Facebook. So I, back then, I didn't really know much about Facebook, so I got my daughter Tasha involved in it. And I said, I need to find this lady and see if I can write to her. And so she found it on Facebook. And then I just kind of put it off that day. 
And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And he said, I need for you to write to her. I got something to say. And I thought, huh, no, she's going to think I'm crazy. So finally at 1130 that night, the Lord spoke to me again and said, I need for you to write to her. Okay. All right. So I said, okay, I got my computer. I got down and I began to write to her. And the Lord told her that he was going to um, heal her, raise her up and give her many more years in her life. And I thought it was more lengthier than that, but it was very precise that God has had a call on her and that she shall live and not die. And so I sent it to her and then I didn't hear anything from her for like weeks. So now I'm thinking, huh, Kimberly, you missed it. <laughs> you blew it right? because certainly she would have wrote you back. Certainly she would have said something to you. You know, you must have blown it. And then all of a sudden, one day I see I've got a message and I look and it's her. And she begins to say that she was and told me her story and told me that when the next day, it was her birthday, by the way, that was her birthday, the day the Lord spoke to her. The next day she was scheduled for early morning surgery. And she said when she laid out on the bed, she laid there and she remembered, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. 16 years later, she went home to be with Jesus. But during that 16 years, she never heard of Andrew Warmack, so it opened up this gateway for her and I. And I began to share with her about River of Life Church, and I began to share with her about Andrew Warmack and how powerful his healing ministry is. And one of her sons went off to Andrew Warmack, graduated, got married, had children out there. And I thought, Lord, thank you that I heard. So Sometimes God has to get our attention because we think we're hearing God and then we let our reasoning get in there. Um, and Samuel kept going to Eli and kept saying to Eli, is it you calling me? So he wasn't clearly understanding that it was God saying something to him until he drew near. And so once I sat down and I said, okay, God, what is it that you want to say? That's when he began to speak. So sometimes God will speak to us like that. Amen. All right. So. Let me go back. So number two, there must be a determination. So when you're developing an ear to hear, you must have a determination that you want to hear from God. Psalms 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he'll speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. And then we know Psalm 46 verse 10 that God will give us perfect peace. You can pull that up. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations, and I'll be exalted among the earth. And I just quick wrote down a, a quick scripture. You know, it's not in your notes, but it's 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. And this comes out of the English Standard Version. And it says, do you know, uh, do you not know that a race all runners will run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. So in other words, if you have a determination to hear from God, run that race until you can obtain it. Keep, keep pushing forward and keep going forward. My uh, oldest daughter, several years ago, did a program called uh, Couch Decay. And so she did this program where she got up off the couch and she, it was like a, she'd walk for a minute and jog and then she'd walk and jog and she got herself to one mile. And then, um, then she got herself to five miles. And then she got herself to running in a 20-mile marathon. <laughs> but she did it 
by getting up and being determined that this is what she was going to do. Someone was going to have to win the race. And so for her, she knew if I stayed on this couch, I'm not going to be in good health if I stay here. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to run this race. So with determination, she ran that race and she got the prize and she won. And now she runs all the time. She calls me on her runs, tells me where she's running and we talk while she's breathing heavy and she's talking to me on the phone. (laughs) So... A runner runs to win a race, and somebody's going to win that prize. So with determination, if you want to develop an ear to hear what God is saying, you've got to go forward with that and have a determination. Push yourself forward because you want to hear what God is saying to you. All right, so number three, know that God speaks peace. He doesn't speak condemnation. And we know Paul had a great revelation of this in Romans 8, verse 1, where he says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So God will speak peace to you. You'll have, a, you'll have a, an inner peace of knowing what God is calling you to do. I'll give you another quick testimony. So several years ago, my son was, um, he was in the 10th grade in high school. So I'm going to go back to 1998. And he was in 10th grade. And um, he had got on the wrong side of the road. And so and my husband and I, we knew all about that road. So I was married at 16. I conceived. I, I was pregnant. I, and I uh, had him a few months later. So we had been down a crazy road in our life. And so my son was kind of heading down that road. And so my husband, when the school called and said he hadn't been showing up for school, and uh, my husband knew right where to locate him. He says, I got this. I'm going to go get him. And so he got in the car and he went and he got my son. <laughs> he found where he was, dragged him out of that house and brought him home. And um, so anyway, I don't need to go any further than that. Brought him home. But I knew that there was a problem. And I knew that we had to do something. But I didn't know what to do. I, I knew in my heart that I didn't want him to go on a path that I went. I wanted him to graduate from high school. I wanted him to go on and do what God has called him to do. And so I began to pray. And I had this impression to homeschool him. And I thought, homeschool him? You know, God, I got a 10th grade education. I'm going to homeschool him, I thought to myself. In 1998, I thought, I can't do this. I'm just, a, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I can't do this. And then I had the impression again, I want you to homeschool him, Kimberly. You take him out of school and you homeschool him. And I'm going to help you. I'm like, okay. So then I went to my husband, who at the time was an unbeliever. And I went to him and I said, you're going to think this is absolutely crazy. But the Lord told me I'm to take my son, Bobby out and homeschool him. He said, oh, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I thought, okay. <laughs> I thought, okay. So we went off to the school. And we sat down with the principal and the guidance counselor, and we told him what our plans were, that we were going to pull Bobby out of school, and we are going to bring him home, we are going to homeschool him. And um, I, I couldn't do English, so I hired a tutor. So I hired a tutor from another school district, and she came to my home twice a week and taught my son his language and his English because he was taking French at the time. So I homeschooled him. For six months, and the school told me that if he came back after, after the six months of homeschooling and he could pass all of his exams, they would allow him to come back into the next year, his junior year. So I thought, okay, Lord. So I had, like, a lot of pressure on me because I wanted, I wanted him to go back to school. And so I homeschooled him for that six months, and the English teacher came. And it was the most wonderful season of my life with my son. And I thought, Lord, only God could give this uneducated person at that time, the ability to be able to homeschool him. He went back into school and passed all of his exams and went on into his junior year and graduated in his senior year, went off to college. You have to hear what God is saying because God wants to direct his people and he wants to guide you and I. But we have to have an ear to hear what he's saying, even if it sounds crazy, 
even if it's a little bit crazy and you're unsure of yourself, you can trust the Lord because he's the absolute truth. Amen? Okay, so number four, God will open the eyes of your understanding. So say with me, he'll open my eyes to understand. His words bring correction to us. And I've asked a couple of people just to share. But Proverbs 15, 31 says, The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. Isn't that beautiful? He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. So who did I ask to share? Lisa, you want to share? Um, when I came, start, first started coming to River of Life, um, I ran around like a bull in a china shop because I thought I could not hear from God. And one day, I walked all the time then. And one day, I went out to do my walk. And I, as I say, I was really early in the Lord. And I didn't know, you know, you're supposed to be thankful and pray for everything. And I start walking. And I just felt like God told me, you need to pray for protection. And I'm like, seriously, where did that come from? And so I just kept walking, and then I heard it again and again, and I'm like, okay. So I prayed over myself for protection on my walk, and about a little over halfway through the walk, I walked within a foot of a rattlesnake, and it was back and ready to strike, and it didn't touch me. Here, developing an ear to hear what God is saying. Did I ask you, Pastor Lorraine? Do you have something? Good to see you. I believe this was in uh, 20 or 21. Um, I had um, a disagreement with a friend um, who rebuked me sorely. <laughs> um, and um, it, it really hurt, and I said, to myself, I don't, I'm just going to end the relationship, you know, I'm done. Um, and at the time, I was reading a psalm and a proverb every day, and I got into the proverbs, and it seemed like for a whole week, each proverb de dealt with the importance of words, and how we use words to bless, and how we use words to curse, and I got such a conviction that I had to call that person and, you know, confess my wrong and speak forgiveness and to restore the relationship. Um, and, but my natural man didn't want to do that. But, I mean, I, I got such conviction, it was like I could not do it. Yeah, so that was a correction. But it was a good correction, yes. Do you have one too? It was a few weeks ago, and I think I was watching too much news because I got so angry at certain ones in the government. <laughs> and uh, I said some things I shouldn't have. I, I had to repent. And I remembered that God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that his love 
he loved the person people that I was so angry at. <laughs> and um, I pray for them now. And I don't watch so much television. <laughs> <laughs> De- developing, developing an ear to hear, even in correction, right? God loves us so much that he'll correct us. Okay, um, my husband, Duke, was the last time he was in the hospital, and the hospital was insisting that I take him home, and he couldn't walk, and things were not good for him uh, physically, and so I was worried and upset about it. I kept trying to talk the hospital into keeping him longer, but they said, no, you've got to take him home. And so I'm just I'm thinking about the mercy of God. You know, he was just so merciful to me um, during that time, and Duke too. Um, So I went home that night. I was so upset, and uh, I went to sleep, and it's like somebody whispered in my ear while I was sleeping, and they said, it's okay, you can bring him home. And so I went to the hospital the next day, brought him home, and it's a good thing I did because COVID had started, and if I had not brought him home when I did, then he would have been stuck in the hospital. I would have never been able to reach him. So I'm so thankful. Developing an ear to hear God when he speaks. Oh, Latoya, we have something to come to you. <laughs> you were saying about how you had them, this impression in your spirit. Uh, to have this impression in your spirit to pray, um, to write someone. So I was living in Atlanta, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I had to um, the, just this urgency just came over me so strong, and I just went off in the spirit, praying in the spirit, and I was in the shower just praying in the spirit. I couldn't stop praying in the spirit. It was just coming and flowing and flowing and flowing. I, I just felt the urgency. It just, I said, I don't know what's going on, what's happening. So as soon as I stepped out the, you know, the shower to go into the, my room, I started praying natural tongues, and I started to pray effectively over my mom and my family. I just started praying over them. And as soon as I stopped praying, she called me, and she said, Toya, they just shot up my house. She said her, my brother and her were standing in the center of the living room. They had just separated from each other. Right when they separated from each other, that's when the bullets went through the house, and they hit. They, not one of them got hit by a bullet. <laughs> Developing an ear to hear. <laughs> this is good. Go ahead. Um, so I was working late, which she advised me not to, but I had to. And I was coming home from Greensboro, and Holy Spirit said, pray mother advised me not to work so late but it's probably like 11 o'clock and he said pray on your way home so I'm praying in songs I have never heard y'all and I get to Burlington and I smell rubber and there's a car on next like in the lane next to me so close I could they didn't have taillights there was a tractor trailer that had smashed this car into the wall this just happened like a little over a month ago he smashed the car into the wall I smelled the rubber I'm so close behind it I could have just been killed seriously and she was praying for me too i was just gonna say when she said that um she she was being warned to pray um i saw the snake which is weird Uh, i knew it was going to be a snake so i I, yeah 
It could have been a million other things. It could have been a million other things. But you saw the snake, yeah. Yeah, so developing an ear to hear what God is saying is so important. Even even if God wants to correct us, he wants to alert us. He wants us to make wants us to be aware. Amen. Say with me, God is faithful. Yeah, he's faithful all the time. So um, God will, did we do number four? Yeah, he'll open up the eyes of our understanding. His words bring correction to us. Okay, so to hear, we must see, and your fill-in is envision. So we must hear, we must see, and envision the word being spoken. That's what happened to you. You saw her word she was speaking, and you saw a picture of that. So the word, so we need to envision the word being spoken. Amen. Remember Hebrews 11, 1 is the faith, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we get a picture in our mind gate of what that looks like. Amen. So we see that. Um, in Habakkuk 2, 1, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart, and I will watch to see what he'll say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Hallelujah. So that happened to me. So it was years ago. It was back in the early 80s. It was right after I had been born again and filled with the Spirit, and um, I had a real deep resentment toward my earthly father. And the Lord spoke to me really clear one day, and he said, if you don't forgive your father, you will not go on in me. And it was so sharp like that. And then I heard it. And then I heard him say it again. Kimberly, if you don't forgive your father, you will not go on in me. And I just, I fell onto my living room floor that day. And I began to weep and cry. And I said, well, then you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me to be able to forgive this man. Because look, he dumped my mom with five kids. So you're going to have to help me with this. You know, I had such bitterness and anger inside of me. Um, and so I said, okay. So back then we didn't have cell phones. So I went to the phone and I dialed his number and I called him up and I said, um, and it was the Holy Spirit because immediately when I got on the phone with him, I started telling my dad and thanking my father for teaching me about God. And I thought, where am I going with this? Because I knew it wasn't me, right? And I thought, and I started talking about this little tiny Catholic church up in upstate New York where it was freezing on the Tug Hill Plateau. And it was a little town called Fish Creek, New York. And it was an old white church. And it was an old cemetery behind there with 1,700 and 1,800 gravestones back there. And so he brings me to this church and he would take us there. I, I think because the Catholic priest shared churches, right? One in West Leiden and one in Fish Creek. And so, but I'm having this remembrance when I'm on the phone with him. Now, I'm supposed to be asking him and telling him that I forgive him. And so, and I'm having this picture of me in this little church. And I said to him, I said to my dad, I said, remember, if I got shaken in the church because I was so cold, you'd put your hand on my knee and you'd stop me from shaking, you know. And I said, my little feet were so cold because mom always put me in those white patent leather shoes. <laughs> and so she always put me in these shoes, you know, my feet were so cold all the time, you know. And I remember being freezing in that church, but I remember that my dad was faithful to take me. And he was faithful to tell me that there's a God. And that's how the Lord started my conversation with my dad that night. And so from there, I said, I have been carrying some real bitterness in my heart towards you and um, some real disdain towards you. But you're the one that gave me the revelation that there is a God. And I said, I need to ask you to forgive me. And right then the floodgates opened and my dad started talking with me and asking me to forgive him for what he had done. So had I not 
listen to the Lord because he comes and he will correct us and he will tell us that we have to forgive those hidden things in our hearts sometimes that we don't see will surface when we're learning to develop an ear to hear God speak. Amen. So say with me, I'm learning to hear and have a developing ear. All right. So number six, we are responsible for what we hear. So how many know you're responsible? So I was responsible when God told me to call my dad. I was responsible to do that. When the Lord said to me, you're going to homeschool, I was responsible to do that, right? So when you hear the Lord speak, he says to you, don't go that way. I want you to go the long way home tonight. You be responsible and go the way that he tells you to go. So we're, we're developing an ear to hear, okay? So um, it says here in Mark 4, 24, I have a lot of scriptures tonight, guys. So then he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use that we measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. And I have to tell you that my relationship with my father today is fabulous. And my children love their grandpa. And they, I took them back to upstate New York in the early 90s. And they have such a beautiful relationship. He was to baseball games, football games, soccer games. They would have never had that relationship had I have held that bitterness in my heart. Okay, so um, let's go back to 1 Samuel 3.17. I'll go back here. And he said, now this is when he got before the Lord. And he said, what is the word? Now, Eli's asking, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God, do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he had said to you. Now, the Lord spoke to Samuel about Eli and about his wicked sons. And so Eli said, what is the Lord saying to you? So Eli was ready to receive what the Lord was speaking through Samuel. So when the Lord speaks to us, we have to be ready to receive what he's saying. Hallelujah. All right. Number seven. Do we hear with faith or with fear? Let's go to Mark 8, 18. So, and he said, Oops. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? So we need to have faith and not fear when God speaks to us. We don't need to be fearful when he says something to us. We just need to be obedient and listen to him. Now here's what Pastor Dave says. Pastor Dave states, and I love this, God's voice, this is number eight, God's voice plus obedience equals life. So when we hear God's voice, we're obedient to God's voice. It produces life on the inside of us. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? So God's voice plus obedience equals life. John 5, 25. Most surely I say to you, the hour is coming and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who will hear will live. So when we listen to the Lord, life comes to you and I. Amen? All right, in Proverbs 20, verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Oh, yes. Yeah. So number nine, it says coveting to prophesy causes us to develop a keen ear to hearing. And that's really important. Um, Sue, at one, can I use you as an example, Sue? <laughs> okay. So Sue, um, a few years ago, how long have you been with, on the, in the prophetic ministry with us? couple years right now is it about two years now almost okay so um 
so she had she had shared some powerful things. So when Sue's on the telephone with people, she will sometimes, um, when she's talking to them, she'll pray for these people that are on the phone with her. And whenever she shares a testimony or shared a testimony about that, I thought, oh, she hears from God. That's wonderful. Because she would immediately start to pray for somebody and they would receive direction or healing or whatever was going on in their life all of a sudden was better. So I had invited Sue. Um, I talked to Pastor David and I, we want to bring her on to the pro- prophetic ministry. I wanted to come to class. I wanted to come. And the first thing she said to me out of her mouth was, I don't hear. <laughs> she said, I can't hear, right? I said, yes, you can hear. <laughs> you can hear what God is saying. So we all together develop an ear to hear. And so prophesying, prophesying or the prophetic ministry is a way to develop yourself to hear what God is saying to you. Amen. And Sue is doing great. (laughs) All right. So we can look at that scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. So pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. So we can develop an ear to hear through the prophetic ministry. So you're welcome to come to the prophetic class. We have activations that really, really get us to hear. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. And Isabel taught our class this past uh, week when she was here. How many love that? Yes, yes. Her teaching was just extraordinary, wasn't it? She she deciphered between, um, and I encourage you to get the CD or listen to it on Podbean, but she deciphered the gift of prophecy versus the spirit of prophecy. And it was beautiful the way she laid that out. So the gift brings the revelatory things, but the spirit of prophecy brings Jesus into the scene brings Jesus into the atmosphere you know it brings his heart into the word that was so powerful to me um, because you know we have to be able to see when we when I look at you I need to see Jesus in you because I can give you a prophetic word and it can be full of revelation but if I see Jesus in you then the spirit of prophecy can flow through me and who is the spirit of prophecy Jesus yeah it was a powerful teaching and then she did like a QA, and a and that was really good too right I think so uh, Pastor Tim and Diane aren't here, but they usually put it in. They will put it in, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll check. Oh, oh, we'll we'll, we'll check on that because th- I think they might have slipped out before we were over. So probably they didn't have a chance to put it on. But we'll we'll get it on there. But we can get them the CD. We can get you the CD. We'll make a note of that. Yeah. Okay. Number ten says, "Ask the Lord to open your eyes." So ask him, if you desire to have a developing ear to hear, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, give me ears to hear what you're saying. I ask you to show me. So the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So that's powerful. So just ask him. If you want to hear and develop your ear to hear, ask the Lord. Lord, I want to hear. I want to hear you speak. I want to, if you wait, if you want me to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to pray, I want to hear that. I want to be so sensitive to you that I hear. Remember back in the beginning, uh, we have to earnestly go toward those things. We have to, we have to be like that runner and we have to go toward those things and really want to develop an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. And sometimes, you know, we have to get away from all of the clutter in our life because we may be going through something. You know, something's thrown to us out of left field, that football comes flying in, and it gets you in the end zone, and then you're knocked out, and you're, and you're thinking to yourself, what just happened here? 
because life was going good. And then all of a sudden, I got this huge monster standing in front of me. I need ears to hear now what God is saying. I need to know how to move through this mountain. How do I get to the other side? And how do I remove the clutter from my mind? And how do I get my heart not to be involved, my soulish realm not to be involved with what God's word is saying? And that's where in the beginning I talked about the absolute truth, you know. So it's not, it's not what the world says or, or what we're being told that doesn't line up with the word of God. Is what is the truth? And the truth is the word. And so we can hear from God and we can develop an ear. And even in the midst of turmoil, when we're in the middle of that mountain, we're in the middle of that miry clay, and we need to hear God and get God's direction, we can get it. That's the truth. And the word of God is, he's yes and amen. And every single promise that God has given is yes and amen. That's the absolute truth. He is the way, the truth, and the light. Amen? Okay. So our emotions can get in the way of recognizing God's voice. So we want to get our emotions out of the way because sometimes our emotions get in the way because we're tangled up in it. We're caught up in that trial that we're in. Um, we have to find a place where we can stop and listen and get the noise out of the way. So, and that may take some doing for you. It may take some doing to take the phone, shut it off. It may, it may shut the door, put the blinds down, whatever you got to do. But it may take some doing for you to get away from the noise and the clutter so you can hear, God, what are you saying in this season of my life? I need to hear you. And so we want to get that clutter out of the way so we can hear him talk. And Pastor Dave states here that he says earthquakes represent the things that shake our world. And that's like that turmoil or that storm that comes and shakes you to your core because you weren't expecting it. Came out of someplace over here and you and you weren't expecting it. You know, stuff happens to the good and to the bad. So and then Pastor Dave says that fire represents the anger we feel. So now we got this huge mess going on and now this anger on the inside develops. So and we don't know where the anger is coming from, but we're mad. You know, we're mad that we're in this mess. We're mad that the devil's chasing us. We're, we're mad that this havoc is going on. And we're just like, we're beyond ourselves. And now our emotions are mush. Like we're all involved in it. <laughs> yeah, junk. Pastor Ryan says, junk in the drunk. And we're all caught up in it now, right? Because the earthquake hit and now the anger comes. So it comes flying right in, that fire comes. And then the wind comes and it represents the wrong teaching, right? It says that in Ephesians chapter four. Then the wind comes and people say, oh, you're going to weather this storm. And the wind comes and, and they start getting you to disagree with what the word of God says. And so now you've got the earthquake, you've got the fire, and now you've got the wind. And you've got the wrong teaching coming to you. And I'll never forget Jennifer Costell. I'll never forget this. She said that on her door, if you don't agree with my faith, then you don't come in right now in this season that I'm walking in basically. And she had scriptures plastered all across her bedroom wall about the healing promises of God. And she said she'd get up every single morning and lay her hand on every single one. And she would pray the healing word of God. And she refused the wind. She refused the wind of wrong doctrine. She refused. She wasn't going to have relative truth. She wasn't going to have that. She was going to be absolute truth. And God's word is the truth. And that's what she was going to have. And that's what we have, the absolute truth of the word of God. And so the perfect story Pastor Dave shares is in 1 Kings. We know this story too, but let's read it. Elijah, powerful man of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> Elijah, the mighty man of God, just had a victory and he runs himself into the cave. So he said, 
I've been zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I'm alone and left, and they seek to take my life away. <laughs> Poor Elijah. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And that's where the Lord was. He was in the still, small voice. So in the midst of the earthquake, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the wind, you have to find yourself in that small place with the Lord and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen? So number four, we must listen to the still, small voice. And this often comes by an impression in your spirit. Proverbs 20, verse 27. So it often comes by an impression. You just, you just feel something on the inside. Something's different. You have that small impression of the Lord. The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Hallelujah. So um, we come and we sit down before him and we'll have that still small impression in your spirit. Amen. And that's the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You know, that's him walking and talking with you. Um, his voice brings joy. John three twenty nine. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. Hallelujah. So how many times you hear from God and you get so excited that you heard from God? <laughs> like God tells you you can do something, you know, like it's not correction or anything like that, but God speaks to you and says you can go do something, right? Like you can go, you, you can go there if you want to, Kimberly, you know, like I wanted to go to Chicago to this prophetic conference years ago and I thought I wanted to go so bad and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, you can go, you can do it. And I thought, oh, I can do it. Yeah, I can go over there. Yeah, I can do that. And so I talked to my parents and away we went and off, we went off to Chicago, you know, and we needed to be there, but I needed for the Lord to be able to tell me and I got so joyful when he told me that I could go so much better than when he says you got to call up your father and ask for forgiveness you know that part you know that part is like that's not so easy to bear sometimes when the Lord says we have to do something like that you know um, but other times God speaks to us and it just fills our heart with such joy you know we just oh thank you God I'm gonna go do that yes Lord I can do that you know and then you go with joy like the scripture says and your joy is fulfilled at that point amen so say with me I can hear God, can hear God. all the time all right, we have just a couple more scriptures real quick. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I had a lot of them tonight. Call to me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. <laughs> yes, and then Isaiah 40, verse 11. says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs with his arm and he'll carry them in his bosom and greatly lead those who are with young. Hallelujah. Remember last week, I'm going to share something. I was sitting with Pastor Dave last week <clears throat> and um, I had a, just a... A, a beautiful moment with him and I was doing some errands and I was sitting there and we had been watching some Charles Capps and some Kenneth Hagin on TV and we've been talking about Luther and <laughs> been talking about the old time Pentecostals and the first great awakening and the second great awakening I love to talk history with Pastor Dave and so the next thing I know Pastor Dave is snoozing taking a nap and so he's really snoozing because he's snoring <laughs> so I said well let me just catch up with Pastor Lorraine so I just started catching up with her because on a Tuesday and she was over here teaching that day and so I'm texting Pastor Lorraine telling her what's, what I'm doing and I'm coming back to the church and then all of a sudden Pastor Dave starts talking and so I look 
I turned my head and looked because he was just snoring. And he was talking, and this is what he said. He says, I am the head and not the tail, and I will believe all the blessings of the Lord. I thought, and I quickly started typing that to Lorraine, texting that to her. He's sleeping, and this is what he's saying. You know, and then he wakes up, and I said, boy, you must have been dreaming good. Huh? I wasn't dreaming. I was oh, this is what you said. So out of the mouth, right, we speak. God is talking to us all the time, even when we're sleeping. And that was so evident to me that day. I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, I believe all the blessings of the Lord came out of the man of God's mouth. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we, we are developing an ear to hear what the Lord says to us. We're developing that ear to hear. And when we begin to develop that ear, God will speak to us all the time. He'll speak to us while we're sleeping. He'll speak to us while we're running. He wants to constantly speak and commune with his bride. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to obey him. He is the one who feeds us. Stand with me real quick. We're going to say this in closing together. Hallelujah. God is so faithful and so true. Look, look here. Say this with me. God's voice will feed us. God's voice will gather us. God's voice will carry us. And God's voice will lead us. And say with me, I declare the absolute truth of God's word. Jesus is who he said he is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. Say with me, I am the head, and I am not the tail. And I believe all the blessings that the Lord has for me. Say with me, I decree and I declare that the enemy is under my feet. And I say, I will not let him out. I say, I will not be defeated. I say, I'm a victor. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. God is for me. He is not against me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. No weapon fashioned against me. It shall not prosper. I have an ear to hear what God is saying. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you. I love you. We can come on up and we're going to get in our circle.